After a flying visit earlier on in the year, the UFC has touched back down in London town and it promises to be another electric night of fights at the O2 Arena. Tom Aspinall reprises his role as the headliner and the likes of Meatball Molly McCann, Paddy Pimlet and Paul Craig are once again back as the supporting cast. My name's Jack, this is Broken Orbital and welcome to the preview show for UFC London. I'm going to be previewing this weekend's card and I'm going to be giving you my predictions as well. I don't want to beat around the bush and waste your time, I'm just going to jump straight into this. I'm going to try and fire through these prelims pretty quickly. Um, first up, we've got Hannibal Claudio Silva, he's taking on Nicholas Dalby. Uh, Silva was meant to be on the card last time against Gunnar Nelson, of course he pulled out of that one, but he's um, he's finally got his London date. He's taking on uh, Dynamite, the Danish Dynamite, Nicholas Dalby. Um, I think for Claudio Silva, the biggest question or the biggest issue is always going to be that gas tank. Um, for me, it's kind of like a first round suburb bust for him. I think he might have a good first round. He might take down Dalby and, and do some decent work. But I think in the end, Nicholas Dalby's probably just going to be able to survive in that first round. Um, you know, and, and Silva's probably going to fade uh, as, as the fight goes on. So I'm going to take Dalby here. Not that he's anything special. He's just a solid, well-rounded vet. He's, he's picked up some decent wins over his last few fights. Uh, he beat D-Rod and I think uh, Cowboy Oliveira as well. So... You know, Dalby's a, Dalby's a good fighter. I think he's going to get the job done. Next up then, we got Mandy Boom, or Boom, I don't know. Um, I think it's Boom because of the, the accent. You can't see it there, it's not on screen. But um, she's taking on Victoria Leonardo. And for Mandy Boom in her last fight against Ariana Lipsky, you know, it's a bit of a difficult fight, I think, to come into the UFC. But to, to be fair, you know, she was coming in undefeated, 7-0, um, as a decent prospect. She loses that one. I think it's clear to see that the path to victory is to take her down. Victoria Leonardo, I think, excels in the grappling exchanges. You know, she's obviously not had the easiest of starts um, to her UFC career. Took out a good opponent in Chelsea Hackett coming into the UFC. Um, I think Chelsea was a, a bit green um, in that one. And I don't know how this one goes. I think, but I, I do think Leonardo can keep it um, competitive on the feet. And I think that, yeah, Mandy Boom, you know, our takedown defense just hasn't looked up to speed for me. I think Leonardo's going to be able to get her down um, and grind that decision or, or maybe even get a finish. Who knows? Uh, Jai Herbert then versus Kyle Nelson and for Jai Herbert it has been uh, it's been a really difficult beginning in his UFC career when you look at the, the fighters that he's had to face um, already I mean talk about you know a murderer's role Francisco Trinaldo he's fought Ilya Tapiria there's another guy who I just can't remember off the top of my head that he's also fought that's a bit of a savage um, for Kyle Nelson he's a decent fighter you know coming out of Canada um, I think the game plan for him is going to be wrestling I think he's going to try and take down Jai Herbert and I think the biggest issue again for me here is going to be Gas Tank. Uh, can he keep up the pace that he's going to set early on? I, I'm not entirely convinced. Um, so yeah, I think Kyle Nelson might win the first round, may get a takedown, might do some damage on the on the map. But um, I think kind of going into the second round, I think he's going to slow down a bit. And I think the Black Country Banger um, is going to pick up his pace and I think he's going to get a finish, to be honest, on the feet. I'm picking uh, Jai Herbert to get himself a win. All right, next up, we've got Mohamed Mikhaev. He's taking on Charles Johnson, the LFA veteran. Um, honestly, I'm really shocked that it's taken this long for uh, for Charles Johnson to to finally get to the UFC because he's uh, he's such a good fighter. Um, you know, you look at his record, he's beaten the likes of Carlos Mota most recently. I think he's beaten uh, Yuma Horiuchi as well, who's a good fighter. Um, he lost to Brandon Royal, which is, I mean, there's no shame in that one. Um, so that's how good this guy is. I'm really surprised, and especially when you see the likes... Um, or just the, the kind of relationship that LFA and the USC have got, it does seem to be a bit of a feeder organization right now. With the, you know, there's the odd exception that Rafi and Stotts is who, of course, got to contender series and missed, his, missed the chance. Um, the USC missed the chance to sign him, and obviously now he's flourishing in Bellator. Uh, anyway, I digress. He's taking on Mohamed Mikhaev, and I think that speaks volumes to Mikhaev. I think fighters are avoiding him like the plague. 
especially considering like you know he's only going to be getting offered unranked fighters. Um, I, I think Charles Johnson is a very good fighter, um, but I do think that Mohamed Mikhaev is a seriously special, talented guy. Um, you know, and he's putting it all together now. We've seen that in the Cody Durden fight, you know, made swift work of him. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to be the same here. I think it might be a, a, a more of a difficult fight for him uh, this time round against Charles Johnson. I think he's got more experience. I think he's uh, probably more well-rounded as well. Um, you know, I don't, I don't want people to look at Charles Johnson and think, oh, there's no UFC experience there. Therefore, you completely write him off here. I don't think you can, but I think Mikhaev is going to probably stroll to a relatively easy 30-27 decision in this one. Next up, Makwan Amir Ghani and Jonathan Pierce, GSP. Um, I like Jonathan Pierce. He's a decent fighter. Um, I do have some some worries though about him defensively. Uh, when it comes to the the you know on the mat, I think he's in, in quite a few of his fights now. He's been put in very dangerous positions on the mat and either finished or or, or almost finished. And I think against a guy like Makwan Amir Ghani, who you know has jitsu's sneakily underrated. You know we've seen that in the Mike Grundy fight. Um, you know, I think as well that the gas tank is probably the thing that's that's going to hinder Amir Khani the most in this one. I think there's always been questions about it, but we know that he's funky and creative, and he's going to look for wild strikes and well, you know, look for wild submissions. Um, I think that's how he wins this fight. If he if he does that in the first round, if he can, you know, uh, wind up on top, or even if he gets taken down off his back, you know, I think Makwan Amir Khani is a threat. Uh, and to be honest with you, I think that's how it's going to go. I think I could see Jonathan Pierce taking down Amir Khani um, and getting caught in an armbar or, or getting caught in something. Um, I think he's going to come in with a wrestling game plan in this one. If it gets out of the first round and we start, you know, goes to the second round, goes to the third round, I do like uh, Jonathan Pierce to kind of gradually take over this this fight, and I think it might be, end up being a really close decision. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to lump, not lump literally in terms of put a lot of money on, but I'm going to guess that Makwan Amir Khani can... Uh, pull off something spectacular in the first round, just as he'd done um, against Mike Grundy in his last one. Nathaniel Wood versus Charles Hosa. Nathaniel Wood finally getting that London hometown show in the UFC, or at least he's scheduled to, I guess, this time last week. Um, or this time in the week last time, uh, I should say. He also was still scheduled to, but <laughs> it never happened. Hopefully it does for him this time, though. He's taking on Charles Hosa who's just a tough, gritty veteran in this division. He's not an easy fight. You know, I think he's always going to be that guy who's going to win some, lose some. Um, I think his longevity in the UFC speaks for itself. You know, you look at his record, you think, oh, well, you know, he loses 33% of his fights. It, it's not like that. Um, but I do like Nathaniel Wood in this one. Obviously, as well, it's his first fight of 45-2, which I think is interesting. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going with the prospect here. I think he's got a massive advantage in, in the stand-up areas of this fight. And I think Charles Hose's best, uh, you know, best shot at winning this is typically how he always does, and that's kind of thrown out a submission, uh, you know, when he's on bottom. I, I think Nathaniel Woods grappling is decent enough to avoid being submitted, um, and wouldn't count out Charles Hose by any means. But I, I don't think the game plan is going to be uh, for Nathaniel Wood to take down Charles Hose here. Uh, but I think he can if he needs to. I, I think it's going to be on the feet. I think Nathaniel Woods going to put on a clinic, um, whether he finishes him or not. I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna see. I'm gonna see a decision. I think a 30-27 decision, but a, a finish here really wouldn't surprise me at all. For Nathaniel Wood, I just think that he's pretty much better everywhere in this one. I think being up a weight class, we'll see how he does. Um, but yeah, interesting fight. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, it actually happens for Nathaniel. All right, then next up we have got Mark Chikese, the Bone Crusher. He's taking on Damir 
Hazdovic, the Bosnian bomber. And I'm going to take March Casey in this one. I just don't think Demir Hazdovic's takedown defense is anywhere near good enough um, to the level where it's going to be. You know, he's an okay fighter. He's nothing special. Um, but, like, you know, of his last few fights, I think his only one is against Yancy Medeiros, and that came, like, a year ago. Like, I, I went against Yancy Medeiros in 2021. Um, doesn't say all that much to me. Marjagese, though, I know when he came into the UFC, he was a really flashy striker with a lot of technique, and obviously he still got that. But we're seeing him now start to... I know he's picked up a couple of losses in his last few fights, but, you know, losing to, like, Rafael Fazeev. Ah, come on, right? Look at what he just done to RDA. Um, but, yeah, I think we're seeing now that he's rounding out his game and he can grapple. And, he, you know, we've seen before now that he's he'll take you down if he needs to, and he will, he'll win fights that way. And I think with Damir Hazovic's takedown defence, I just have no confidence in him being able to stop those takedowns. I think even on the feet, Marja Casey... You know, it is, I think it's a pretty competitive fight on the feet. I think the X factor here is, is the takedown from Archie Casey. So, um, yeah, I, I'm going to take Jacasey in this one um, to get the job done. And then finally, rounding out the prelims, a bit of a late addition um, to this card, at least for the Dragon, Mason Jones. Um, but he is here on the London card, taking on Ludwig Klein, the Slovakian. And yeah, I've got the Dragon. I've got Mason Jones in this one. Um I remember when Ludovic Klein made his UFC debut against Shane Young and he looked incredible. His striking was so good. And I remember thinking, well, Ludovic Klein is like something special. Um, a really entertaining fighter. And then, you know, he fights Mike Trezano, he fights Nate Landwehr and doesn't look all that. And then, uh, you know, he, it was a really fun fight against Devontae Smith in his last one. He got the nod there, split decision. His takedown defense was like on point that night. Um, I think Mason Jones is better everywhere though. I'm not going to lie, I'm taking the Welsh Dragon, I'm taking Mason Jones to get this fight, even on short notice, you know, um, yeah, I've, I've got Mason Jones. Okay, then moving on to the fight that I am most excited for on this card for uh, for obvious reasons. We've got Paul the Bear Jew Craig taking on Volkan Uzdemir. Um, and this is a very interesting matchup. You know, I said it last time when I was talking about Paul Craig and Nikita Krilov that Paul Craig plays a dangerous game. He's going to get punched and punched and punched. Um, until he gets that little window of opportunity. And Paul Craig's jiu-jitsu, his grappling in general, is just that good that that's all he needs to, to finish fights. And um, I think people are kind of saying, oh, you know, guys are throwing themselves into his guard. You know, they're kind of asking for it. But at what point do you start to go, well, you know what, Paul Craig is just really, really, really good at this and he's making this happen? Um, I think he is. And I think that's why this, this is happening. Uh, and I said last time as well about Nikita Krilov. I said Nikita Krilov... If he was clever enough, he'd be able to keep this fight on the feet. That he was good enough to keep this fight on the feet, and he was good enough to win it on the feet. And I still stand by that. If they were to fight again, um, we'll talk about him later in a bit. But if he was to fight again, and I truly believe that 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 could happen, but he he wasn't good enough, and he wasn't clever enough um, to stay out of Paul Craig's guard. And <laughs> you, you you don't want to be there. Um, but yeah, at this point in his career, as Volkan, you know, Volkan is the mirror. When you look at the, you know, his last few fights that he lost, you know, losing to Anthony Smith um, after the DC fight, Anthony Smith has proven he's a top five guy in this division. Dominic Reyes, you know, Dominic Reyes was was the bomb um, at one point. You know, be Alexander Rakic be a split decision. It might have been somewhat controversial, might have been a split decision in a close fight, but he still beat Alexander Rakic. Um, loses to Yuri Prohashka, loses to Magomed Ankalaev. So it's not like Volkan Uzumir is losing to Scrubs. Quite the quite the contrary, right? He's losing to top five guys. He's losing to guys who've you know gone and won the belt. Losing to guys who 
Um, you know, Magomed Ankalaev in his last one, who's probably going to challenge for the belt at, at one point, you know, he's losing to like the best guys in the division. Um, I think his take in defense is pretty decent. I think it's pretty good. I think it's all right. Um, you know, his stand up as well. He, he's a powerful guy. His boxing's not too bad. Um, is he good enough to, to defend the take there from Paul Craig? Um, you know, I think obviously if he's clever, he's going to try and avoid falling into the trap of, of jumping at Paul Craig's guard. But as we've kind of said, you know, I think it's just a talent and an act that Paul Craig's got for getting guys to, to drop into his guard. You know, whether that's through playing possum, whether he, it's him dragging them down there. Once he drags you down there, you're in a difficult spot. Is Volkan Uzmir going to, you know, going to maybe hit Paul Craig with a big shot and Paul Craig's going to fall down and, and you know, get on his get on his arse and is Volkan going to jump in and spill blood a little and end up getting caught in caught in a trap. Um, you know, Paul Craig's takedowns themselves are very unconventional. He's not like a standard wrestler or, or whatever, you know, he's got weird ways of getting you down there. But um, I think he's proven that whether it's on bottom or, or you know, whether he's on top, he's a, he's a serious submission threat. I'm going to side with Paul Craig. I, I like Volkan Uzdemir's chances in this fight. Um, I think if he plays it clever enough, if his takedown defense holds up, then he should win this. But I think I say this about most people Paul Craig fights and as we get deeper and deeper into the division, I think I'm only going to say that more often. Um, <laughs> but I think Paul Craig, his takedowns are unorthodox. I think he's going to sneak one in there. And I think he's going to win because I just, it might go like a round or two. I could see him maybe losing the first round and it going into the second. But I think at some point in this fight, Paul Craig's going to get him down there. And I think if he gets him down there, at this point, it's hard for me to bet against him, against anyone in that position, in the whole division. So I'm taking Paul Craig. I'm going to say second round submission. I think he gets it done. And uh, hopefully, main event in Glasgow, title eliminator. That's what I want to see. Uh, so book it, UFC, you know. <laughs> okay, next up, we've got the meatball. Molly McCann taking on it. 24K Goldie, Anna Goldie. And I'm taking Molly McCann in this one. I, I like her pressure a lot in this. I think... You know, she's going to be in Goldie's face a lot. I think she's going to mix in the takedowns. Again, we're, we're kind of seeing this now with Molly McCann. She's rounding out her game. She's capable of mixing it up and, and taking the fight to the ground when she needs to. Um, and I think that's probably going to be the difference in this one. I, I think Hannah Goldie's, she's got a good volume about her. You know, that's kind of really, uh, I, I don't see all too much. And, you know, she got a nice submission win in her last one. I think it was against Emily Whitmire. She got an armbar. Um but in general, I, I do favour Molly McCann in this matchup. Um, I don't think she's anywhere near as good as the odds are claiming. Uh, you know, she, she's nowhere near. She'd be should she be um, this big a favourite? But um, as what it is, I do think she is the favourite, um, and I do think she's going to get the job done. After I can see her winning a, a thirty twenty seven decision, maybe a twenty nine twenty eight, um, just pushing forward, piling on the pressure, and um, yeah, landing the bigger, more impactful shots and mixing the takedowns. Right, next up, we got the minor, Nikita Krylov. Um, he's taking on Alexander Gustafsson, the mauler. He's back. Um, last time out, I think he, yeah, he fought Fabrice Overdoom and lost that one. Um, yeah, at this point, I'm just, my question for Alexander Gustafsson is, is why are you fighting? What are you trying to prove? Like, why are you back? Um, you know, obviously he took a lot of time out. He moved up to heavyweight. He's back at 205 now. You know, at this point in his, you know, in his career, um, you know, he's been there, he's been around the block, isn't he, really? He's kind of been there, done that. It's been a long time, it's been almost a decade since he, he fought John Jones that very first time. Um, you know, <clears throat> since those Glover Teixeira wins, or the, the Glover Teixeira win, rather. Um, 
but those kind of ones, you know, when he was lining up people and looking like an absolute machine. Uh, at this point, really, with Alexander Gustafsson, I, I don't really know what's left in the tank because, you know, in his last few fights, he put on a good fight with Anthony Smith, but ends up getting finished in that one. Fabrizio Verdum drug, you know, dragged him into deep waters there, and that was a tough fight as well um, for, for both guys, but, you know, Verdum drags him into deep waters and, and gets the finish. Um, against a guy like Nikita Krylov, I think on the feet, this could be fun. I think it could be competitive. I do think Nikita Krylov, though, has got an advantage in the grappling. And if Nikita Krylov decides to wrestle with Gus, if he decides to take him down, and if he ends up in a position where he's on top of him, I can see him finishing Alexander Gustafsson. and I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, I think he's probably heavier handed. I, I just haven't seen anything from Gus in so long for me to actually have any confidence in him and for me to actually look at Alexander Gustafsson and think, okay, yeah, you know, I, I can see you winning this fight because you showed me this recently. Not seen anything recently from Alexander Gustafsson. So I don't have any confidence in him. I like Nikita Krylov in this one. I'm going to take the minor. Um, I, you know, if we get vintage Gus, um, then on the feet he can put on a, a boxing clinic. Um, you know, nice uppercuts and things like that with those shots that he, you know, he not took Glover to share with. But I'm, I'm taking Krylov. I think he's more well, more well-rounded. I, I really like his activity a lot more. Um, yeah, I'm going to take Nikita Krylov. Okay, this is the one everyone's been waiting for. Paddy the Baddie, uh, Paddy Pimlet, and the Monkey King, Jordan Levitt. Um, I, I quite like Jordan Levitt. He's a good fighter. Um, he's been on a nice roll as of late. I'm taking Paddy Pimlet, though. And don't get me wrong, I think this has got the potential to be pretty competitive. I think Levitt's probably going to come out with a wrestling-heavy game plan. He's going to try and take Paddy down. Maybe, like, you know, Nan Naramani or Soran back. You know, obviously, a couple of the losses that he's... Um, he's had in his career very good fighters of course um prolific wrestlers um i think jordan levitt's going to come out with a similar sort of game plan as to those two i don't think he's as strong as those guys physically i don't think he's as good um and as in general as those guys to be honest but in terms of the um the wrestling department i think he's going to struggle a little bit to kind of hold paddy down and if he does get him down it's one of those things where paddy pimlet's submission game you know i don't always love fighters sitting off their back fishing for submissions but I think Paddy Pimlet's good enough if that in the event that he's taken down he can throw up something he can get catch a neck or you know catch a flailing limb or something um, but to be honest with you I think this feat and um, this fight is going to take uh, obviously it's going to start on the feet and I think Paddy's going to come out explosively on the feet um, pressure a little bit back and I think he's going to catch him with something maybe he'll drop him and then goes to the ground and submits him or something I'm predicting a finish either way I think it's going to be with the hands. I think he's going to drop him. Um, and then he'll probably finish him on the mat. I'm going to take Paddy Pimlet to win this one. Not like super confident, but I do think this is a matchup where you look at a guy like Jordan Levin, you think he's on a nice role, he's got a nice record. You know, maybe you think some people will then think it's a little step up in competition. And it, I guess it kind of is from Kazulu Vargas. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm taking Paddy Pimlet. I think he's going to get the job done. Very curious to see who he fights in his next fight because he's gotten an improved contract. Um, which means that the money shouldn't ho hopefully shouldn't be an issue for him, and we can start to see him now. If he goes three and zero in the UFC, talking what he's you know talking like he's talking and finishing fights, then it's about time we see him against someone, you know, someone real, someone legit. Okay, then coming event time, we have got the action man Chris Carter. He's filling in for Darren Till on short notice against Jack the Joker Manson. Speedy recoveries to Darren because we want to see Darren in the cage. Um. Yeah, Hermanson's been at the top now for a while. I say at the top. He's been like in the top 10 for a while now. Uh, came into the UFC and very quickly after a few fights, started fighting really good fighters, you know, Thiago Santos and 
uh, Talis Lighties, David Branch, who was thought of as he was he was pretty well thought of at one point. Um, although you know didn't last too long when he came back from a World Series of fighting. Um, yeah, and then he fought Jackery. So uh, that was his best win. Uh, he looked fantastic that night when he beat Jackery. But we've not really seen it since. You know, he's lost to Cannonier. I think he beat Kelvin Gastelum with that heel hook. That was an entertaining fight for as long as it lasted. Then he's lost to Vittori, beat Shabazian, and then just lost to um, lost to Sean Strickland. You know, Hermanson to me feels like a fighter who's he feels like one of the fighters that's aged visibly and. I hate saying that because, you know, he's not like super old and obviously still won a couple of fights, but I don't know what level he's at anymore. You know, it's one of those ones. Can he hang with the top five guys in the weight class? And can the action man Chris Curtis? I guess we're going to find out now. You know, there's no going back at this point. If you beat a guy like Jack Hermanson, yeah, at least for a while, you're there or thereabouts. He's on a fantastic streak. Brendan Allen, obviously, before that Adolfo Vieira fight, um, a couple of great fighters. Uh, the Drikis Duplessis fight never happened, unfortunately for him. That'd be an absolute banger. Um, but yeah, I like his takedown defense a lot. Jack Romance is probably going to try and get this on the on the ground and grapple. Um, did he stuff like 20 takedowns or something in his last fight with Adolfo Vieira <laughs> or something mad like that? Um, you know, it's not like he took a ton of damage. It's a pretty quick turnaround. It's like a month later. Uh, four weeks, five weeks later. It's not like he took a ton of damage in that one either. You know, he's still going to be relatively healthy and shouldn't hopefully not be too much wear and tear on his body um, coming out of this one against Hermanson. Big time opportunity for him. Big time fight for him. I think Chris Carter's is going to get it done. I like his team and defense loads. That Adolfo Vieira fight just fills me with confidence. I think he's the heavier hitter. I think he's the more creative striker. Um, I'm going to say a decision. I think Hermanson might get a take dinner or two, might threaten with submissions, might win a round. Maybe even a split decision. I think Chris Curtis, though, over the course of the three rounds, is going to land the bigger shots, the more impactful shots. He's going to be able to keep it on the feet for long enough and do his thing. I'm going to take Chris Curtis to win this fight via... Uh, I'm going to see via decision. Right, okay, and a main event time. I know I said earlier on that Paul Craig versus Paul Carissimia was the fight I'm most excited for on the card, but this... This might tie, tie for first place. I am buzzing for Curtis Razorblades and Tom Aspinall because... I believe in Tommy Aspinall. I think he's a real deal. I think he is future championship material. I really do. Um, whether he wins it or not, that remains to be seen. But I think he's good enough anyway. Um, I also think Curtis Blades is good enough to be UFC champion. Uh, despite the roadblocks, you know, he's lost in Ganu twice. He's lost Derek Lewis. Other than that, though, he's beating everybody because his wrestling is, especially without like DC in the division, it's the best in the division. And it's such a difficult, hard and unique puzzle for Tom Aspinall to solve. Um, we've seen in the last fight against uh, Alexander Volkov that, you know, Tom Aspinall, we know he's got the BGJ, he's a black belt. You know, his dad, I think, introduced him to BGJ. I think that was the first martial arts kind of experience that he's got. Um, we've seen it a couple of times before in Cage Warriors and, you know, in, in the UFC. Um, so we know that Tom Aspinall can grapple. We know he's got the jiu-jitsu about him, but the wrestling is going to be the big question. First of all, can he stop the takedown? I don't think so. But to be fair, I don't think there's anyone in the heavyweight division right now that can stop Curtis Blades taking them down. And that's not a knock on Tom Aspinall. It's just Curtis Blades is that damn good and he's such a big guy. You know, he's weighing in at the, the, the limit. He's huge. Um, Tom Aspinall will be the, the lighter guy, I think, in this matchup. So I think Curtis Blades is definitely going to get him on his back at, at points in this fight. Um, unless, 
you know, like in the Derek Lewis fight, it was a very lazy shot from Curtis Blades. It was quite a wide and, uh, yeah, a bit of a lazy, slow shot, very easy to telegraph, and Derek Lewis landed that uppercut, got it on the money. Um, I think he was hoping, probably drilling that in practice. Um, Tom Aspinall might do the same thing, but I, I'm going to assume Curtis Blades is on a day game and, and isn't going to be sloppy and make that kind of mistake again. Um, yeah, I, I like Tom Aspinall striking. He's going to move around and try and be elusive, probably you know pick him up, pick him off from the outside. I'm not expecting Tom Aspinall to come out here and blitz him and get a first round finish or anything like that at all. I, I would be, I'd be surprised. I guess there is always an interesting factor as to maybe whether Tom Aspinall takes down Curtis Blades, which I actually think he might do, which seems a bit bizarre. I could see Tom Aspinall doing that, you know, putting Blades on his back, use the jiu-jitsu, maybe try to work for another submission victory. Genuinely, I think that might be his best path to victory, which might seem a bit bizarre, you know, why would Tom Aspinall come in and take down Curtis Blades, but I can see it. Um, and I think Tom Aspinall is a very intelligent guy. He's a very intelligent fighter. I think he might also understand that that might be his best path to victory. Um, so genuinely, I think that's not out with the realms of possibility. I really don't. Um, you know, if, when Aspinall does get put on his back, I say when, not if, because I think it's pretty likely. Uh, you know, what, what the get-up's going to be like, well, you know, he's going to be throwing things off from his back, try to grab an arm, maybe, you know, go for a Kimura, maybe just use submissions to get back to his feet. Again, as I said, he's a good grappler, and I think he's a very intelligent fighter too. So, um, Tom Aspinall, you know, he's also been in that spot now. He's he's handled the pressure of being in the O2, you know. For your first fight in the UFC to be not just in front of fans, but be in front of a sold-out O2 arena in England when you're you're from England <laughs> is a real big deal. And then it's not just that, you're the main event. That's a lot to you know, it's soak in. Um to soak up rather. And I think Tom Aspinall now he's been there, he's done that, he's lived it. You know, second time around, hopefully be a bit easier for him in terms of handling that sort of pressure. Um, but for people who maybe, you know, aren't as clued up on the UFC, um, you know, these cards um, done, you know, are, are attracted fans from from the UK who maybe aren't super, um, you know, intertwined in, you know, the divisional standings and, you know, fighters in, in general. Uh, Curtis Blades is a big step up from Alexander Volkov. I really do believe that. And... I really want Tom Aspinall to win. I'm a big Tom Aspinall fan, but I'm going to go with Curtis Blades. I just think the wrestling is going to be too hard to stop. And I think Curtis Blades is going to do enough in this fight to win. I'll see a decision. I'll see maybe Tom Aspinall gets a round, maybe a 49-46 decision. Um, but yeah, I've picked every single UK fighter on the card until Tom Aspinall. But uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Curtis Blades. Although I'm not writing off Tom Aspinall by any means, and I hope he does it. So there you have it. That is my picks for UFC London. Please let me know in the comments who you're taking. I want to hear every single pick. Uh, you can tweet me at Jack Buchanan MMA. It's on screen if you're watching. Um, you can follow Broken Orbital on Twitter at BrokenOrbital underscore um, and on Instagram and TikTok at BrokenOrbitalMMA. You can catch the podcast on YouTube um, in video format or on Google Podcasts, on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify in audio format. I will see you next week for a recap of this card. We've also got Bellator out tomorrow. I'm not going to be posting a video on Bellator or Cage Warriors, but I will be tweeting over on Broken Orbital underscore. So go and follow me there. And um, yeah, you can, you can see who I'm taking uh, on those cards. But thank you so much for tuning in and listening. And I will see you next week with a recap of, uh, of this card. Goodbye.